0: It's football season. Time for the Gridiron Breakdown. Your host, R.J.
1: When was the last time eighty thousand people showed up to see you do doing chemistry experiment? Alan, you play football like Ingeniero played football.
0: Let's get to the breakdown. It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown. I'm Jay, and to start the show this week, I brought on a guy I consider to be
1: an NFL guru, friend of the show, and in real life, Brian. What's up, my man? Not much, Jay. Guru is saying it nicely. I know nothing, but I like the NFL. So. That makes me an expert, right? Absolutely right, as far as this show is oh, concerned. Um, I mean, we I did run a, a football show for a little while. You did, it, you did. Yeah, and nobody you were, listened, but it was there.
0: I mean, yeah, you did, and you're all the time playing fantasy football and stuff like that, so you know as much as I do about any of this. And moreover, I want to bring on a different voice to talk a little bit of NFL, so just to recap how we're covering the NFL this year on The Breakdown, we're going to check in at the quarter marks of the season. So that's now before the season starts, after weeks 4, 8, and twelve. 12 and then again for the playoffs So mm. tonight I asked Brian to come on And give us thoughts on which teams he expects to finish Atop the AFC and the NFC divisions As well as wild cards I'll throw in some of my thoughts as well So Brian, what do you say we get started with the NFC? Let's do it All right, This man, is the so, one
1: I feel the most confident about too
0: Alright, well let's start with the NFC North Who do you got? Who do you think we should expect to see At the top of that division Going into the season?
1: Well, there's a lot going on in the NFC North, right? you got the Minnesota Vikings, who really underachieved last year, uh, especially given the fact that they went out and got Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Really expected to be in the playoff hunt, but they had an awful offensive line. You have the Chicago Bears, who far exceeded everybody's expectations and won the division so i mean that was pretty amazing right there and then of course you got the green bay packers who are in all sorts of weirdness right now with the firing of mike mccarthy and the new coach and all this other stuff that the bad feelings between aaron Rodgers and everybody else you know who knows what's going to happen so this was a little tough to figure out i really i gotta say for me, I think that last year was um, Chicago's like golden year. I do not expect them to be just as good as they were last year this year. They got young players and all that, but I just don't think that Mitchell Trubisky is as good as he may have looked at times last year. Their defense really did carry that team, and I think that's going to be the same thing this year. But my pick I'm actually going to be a homer on this one and I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this. I think they've upgraded their offensive line well. I think two year in year 2 with Kirk Cousins experience there's going to be a little better repertoire between him and the wide receivers and I just think that with the defense that they have if the offense does anything they should take this division and I think they will. So I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings in the north here. And I think that um if, if I'm I just don't think the Packers are gonna do anything with the new coach or anything like that. So to me the Vikings have this. The Bears will probably finish second though.
0: I think it's funny that you have totally left out the Detroit Lions in your preview of that division, because you might as well. Um, they are Yeah, the Detroit horrible.
1: Lions are not yeah. worth talking about.
0: They are horrible. <laughs> they really, and I know it's just preseason right now, but they look so bad. And that hurts me, because I love on Johnson from Auburn, and he is stuck on a bad team. And look, Matt Stafford's mm-hmm. had a lot of like personal stuff happening in the offseason, and I'm glad his wife's getting better and everything. But, man, that dude, they're just in trouble. So I agree with you, man. Forget about Detroit. And, honestly, you can forget about the crazy show of reality garbage that's going on in Green Bay, too. Sorry, Nick. But that is just – and, Allen, that is just not going to be a place that I think produces good football. But it's going to be some good drama. That's for sure. I think you've nailed the two teams this comes down to, Chicago and Minnesota. And I'm going to tell you why I'm picking the Bears. I know more about their defense and how good it is that I know about what Minnesota is going to be able to fix on their offensive line mm-hmm. and what Minnesota's defense is going to be. Though I think Minnesota's certainly in the mix and it's going to come down between those two, but I'm going to give the edge to Chicago in this one. I don't think Trubisky has got to come along much more. They got great running backs back there. They brought in David Montgomery from Iowa State. I love that kid. They got good receivers. And again, man, they're just going to be really hard to score on. So I'm going to pick the Bears in the North. You're picking the Vikings. I think either choice is a good choice in the NFC North.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And you know, at the, you know, you can't go wrong in picking the Bears, especially how they performed last year. I just think they're going to take a step backwards before they go forward again that's just my thought I think they're going to be a team in the future that's going to be hard to beat but I just think this year they take a small step back last year they were just absolutely amazing and overperforming and I just don't think they can copy that again this year
0: and you're right about something. They caught a lot of people by surprise last year, even with the bringing in Cleo Mack and all that kind of stuff. They caught a lot of people by surprise as to how good the offense was uh, up until a point. And, you know, look, they they won 13 games. They can't knock it. So, you know, we'll see yeah. if they can do it. Doing that again is very hard. But, again, I think they'll be back in the mix. So let's switch to the South now. That's, uh, you know, a, a very interesting division as well. you got a lot of offense in the NFC South.
1: Yeah, the NFC South, you know, I again, this is another case of overperformance. And Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, I think, are the favorites coming in this year. I don't see it. I, Drew Brees is what? He's going to be 40, 41 years old now. And he had probably his best season of his career last year. And that's saying a lot because he won a Super Bowl with this team, right? But he was on fire last year and you couldn't put him out. But I just don't see that, that he can do this again. You know, I don't know why. I just don't. So I'm not going to pick the Saints to win this. I'm actually going to pick the Atlanta Falcons to win this division because I really think that uh, last year, with injuries piling up on them and everything else, they just had a hard time getting things going. And I think they do that finally this year. And I think that they're going to take this division. So I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons.
0: You know what? That's an interesting pick, man. Uh, the Falcons bringing in Dirt Cutter on offense now. Reuniting that, you know, Julio Jones started scoring touchdowns to go along with all of his catches. They got receivers everywhere. Matt Ryan still in his prime. Their D eh, still needs a little work, you know. Um, I I look at Atlanta and Carolina, and I think, man, they're, they're like, if they could put those two teams together, you'd have a Super Bowl team. So I think Carolina's got this. Killer defense, and Atlanta's got this unbelievable offense. If you could get those things going at the same time, you have this great team. Uh, but, unfortunately, they're different teams, and they usually beat up on each other in the season. I don't think Tampa Bay's going to be very good. I like Bruce Arians down there, but I think they got to reset a lot of things, starting with James Winston's mm-hmm. got to go. Um, So I, I think that's going to be one way. Or the other. Maybe he can reinvent himself somewhere else in the league, but it's, I just don't think it's going to happen there. Man, I, I got to disagree with you, though, on New Orleans. I don't care how old that dude is. Drew Brees can <laughs> sling it. He's got dudes to sling it too. He's got Alvin Kamara, who's one of the top backs in the league. And their defense is good. I mean, they they really are good. They're not as great as maybe like some ferocious defenses, but they're good enough, especially when that team is scoring points. They're going to be one of the best shows on turf. I think there's one more ride in the old man, and it may be boring, but I'm picking New Orleans in this one, dude, and I don't think it's real close. I think New Orleans walks in this division, and I think everybody else is out of the playoffs. I don't think there's another team that's going to make the playoffs out of the South. All right. All right, so let's move on to the NFC East now. Last year, super balanced division, lots of talent. This year, it looks pretty close to the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, super balanced in the fact that they all sucked, right? I mean, I don't see any of those teams making any uh, headway. Maybe the Giants will be a little better than last year. I mean, it's going to be hard not to be, but... uh, I don't know, man. To me, I have to go, as much as it pains me to say this, I have to go with the Dallas Cowboys to win this division. <laughs> I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Anyone who has ever listened to me talk football knows this. And I think that's just a common thing for Minnesota fans based on what happened in, what, 1978 or something like that. Uh, you're born and bred to hate the Cowboys here in Minnesota. And so it just sticks. But um, I, to me, that's – Probably the better of the teams. Now, if Ezekiel Elliott sits out this year like he's been threatening, that may not be so good of a a, a pick by me. But for now, I'm picking them uh, uh, without Nick Foles as the backup quarterback in Philadelphia. Because we all know Carson Wentz is going to go down at some point in this season because he's done it two years straight. So – uh that's going to hurt them huge, I think, Philadelphia. So I can't pick them to win the division. So I have to go with the Cowboys. I don't see anything in the Redskins. And I see a few more wins for the Giants this year, but not enough to make them a contender.
0: You know, man, I, you're not entirely wrong with thinking that there, there was a lot of disappointment in this division. Like Washington, to me, is this team I can't figure out, dude, because they are loaded with young talent on defense. They can't stop anybody. And then on (laughs) offense, they just seem to fall apart. I don't get it because I think Jay Gruden's a smart coach, but something about that's just not working. I like Dwayne Haskins, but as a rookie, I don't know how much you can put on him. I think yeah. the Giants are still in rebuild. I you know, the Daniel Jones pick, we've all hashed it over enough at this point. I don't know. At some point the story is going to be for like two weeks, will they or won't they bench Eli after he throws three interceptions or something like that. And then when they do, it's gonna be a huge deal. And then Jones is gonna throw like six and then they'll have to put Eli yeah. back in there. <laughs> I I think the Giants are a mess. I think Washington's a mess. I think Philadelphia can be a scary team for about half the season. And then they start yeah. getting hurt and then weird yep. stuff starts going out. So, you know, I don't hate the Cowboys as much as you do. I don't really love them either, but I, looking at them, dude, even without Zeke, they are loaded and they can move the ball. Dak's solid. They got Amari Cooper. They got Cole Beasley. They got a lot of good players. I don't have Cole Beasley anymore, but they got good players out there and they are, they're really explosive on offense. Their defense is coming around. They get Zeke back in the mold and I think, I think he's going to play, dude. I think he'll show up and play because he knows he's going to have to if he ever wants to get yeah, paid. He needs to. He's going to mm-hmm. show up. They're going to be very, very tough to get out and beat this year. And I think, look, say what you will about Jason Garrett. The guy knows how to CEO that team. He's been there a long time. He's got the support of the ownership. I like Dallas in the NFC East as well. And I think much like the South, they're going to be the only representatives. I think they'll, they'll walk away with the division.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, Washington's biggest problem is who, who's going to quarterback that team. I mean, your quarterbacks both went down
0: last year, and you. Know, it's uh, prob- probably probably the rookie. I mean, at some point know. they're going to go to Haskins and see what he's got.
1: That, well, they're going to. They might as well at this yeah. point. I mean, they really might as well. Uh, they, they're not. They have nothing to lose by doing it and seeing what they've got. In the guy, right? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that I agree with you. Dallas is really the only team in this division that. I uh, can see winning that division.
0: Yeah, I agree. So let's go to the NFC West next, and who you got out there?
1: Uh, this is, a, to me, it, it, this is a no-brainer, and I think this is going to probably be everyone's pick for this division. It's the LA Rams. Until you stop them, I don't think anyone's going to top their, their team. They've got a great defense. They've got an offensive coach who just <laughs> likes to score points. I don't see them slowing down any and i i mean super bowl last year loss was a big thing they're they're hunting for that again i i see them winning this division pretty easily contraire mon
0: i will be the guy to tell you that i don't think the la rams are getting back in it and here's why the super bowl hangover is a very real thing especially for the team that loses and the team that lost the rams Got exposed a little bit in the playoffs mm-hmm. and in that Super Bowl. And now their top running back is out. You know, Todd Gurley's got knee problems. I doubt he's going to make it through the whole season. People are figuring that out. I think they're going to take a year to step back, reset a little bit, because I think there's a team that can beat them. And that's the Seattle Seahawks. They have reloaded that defense almost completely. Russell Wilson is a maniac with the football. He's got good running backs. He's got receivers he can trust now. And they finally put a line around him. I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks to get it done out west, man. I think they're going to be better than San Francisco. I think they're going to be better than Los Angeles. I like Seattle in the west. I think they're a complete team, and Pete Carroll is not an idiot and knows what he's doing out there. And too many people have kind of written them off, at least for my blood. And, man, I'm telling you, do not sleep on Seattle. They are going to be very, very good this year. And, And, look, Arizona's in total reset, so whatever.
1: Yeah. Arizona wasn't even in a blink in my eye on this one. That was easy. I I, I like the idea, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it. Okay.
0: All right. So now it's time to talk about wild cards. So just to recap, real quick, you got Minnesota, Atlanta, um, Dallas, and LA winning the divisions. Mm-hmm. All right. I've yes. got Chicago, New Orleans. Dallas and Seattle winning. So, who are your two wild card teams?
1: Well, I mean, I looked at it this way. Like I said, I don't, I don't see the, I see the Bears taking a step back. So, I didn't put them in the wild card here. Um, I went with the Eagles because I think Carson Wentz is going to make that team look like the best team in football until he gets hurt. And I think they'll win enough games to get into the wild card position. So I'm going with the Eagles for my first wild card pick, and then for my second wild card pick, I, I went out on a limb here, and just because I really like what they've done with this team, I'm picking Jimmy Garofalo and the San Francisco 49ers to get the second wild card spot here. Uh,
0: you know what? It's not a bad pick. I I don't totally disagree with you there. For me, I, I am not loving it. All right. And I, I don't see it. I think Minnesota is my five, my wild card team. I think they are going to be good now because I had them in Chicago is kind of right there neck and neck. And then for that second wild card team, I was, I was tempted to pick San Francisco, but I'm actually going to tab the Rams. I think they will make it back to the playoffs just as the five or the six, the wild card team. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. So I've got. Minnesota and LA as my two wildcard teams out of the NFC. All
1: right.
0: All right. Well, no, that's the- I, I could see all that, yeah. Yeah, so so that No, I could see all that too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be fun. I think the NFC is a much more diverse and balanced division of the National Football League and has been for a while. And they've got some legitimate contenders in there. And from that bunch, man, like I, I don't really want to pick like, you know, Super Bowl winners and stuff like that. But I mean, really, like for me, I like Chicago, New Orleans are the class of so that. I wouldn't be surprised if they wound up playing in the NFC championship game, but I, that's about as far as I'll go today. Well, what about you?
1: Ah, man. If I had to make a pick right now on who I think it's going to be, shoot. Uh, for me, I think the Vikings make enough to get to the NFC Championship, and I think they're going to end up taking on the Rams.
0: Okay. All right, so you got the Vikings and the Rams, I would say Chicago and New Orleans. So either way, we'll check back in on the NFC, see how this goes. I mean, man, by week four we may be changing these picks completely, so who knows?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I reserve the right to totally change my mind if I'm proven completely wrong. <laughs> All right, so let's move over to the AOC. All right, and we'll start again, same order. We'll go with the AFC North. I'm going to go first on this round. Dude, I look at this division, and everybody is hot on Cleveland, baby. They are on them like the new redhead in ninth grade or something, man. I mean, it's just woo, all the attention. And I don't think they're quite ready just yet. Yeah, they're going to be wild on offense. I think defensively they're building something good. Just don't think they're quite there yet. I think Cincinnati's a complete you know, rebuild. I think Pittsburgh is going to miss the two dudes that were major headaches that they got rid of, but I think they're going to miss them. Now, I think Juju smith Schuster is going to be good. I think James Conner is a good back. I think Ben's getting old. I think that defense is getting old. I think Mike Tomlin's thing is getting old. I I don't know if the Steelers can keep it going. So that leaves me with Baltimore. And I look at Baltimore and I go, like, am I really going to pick the Ravens to do this? But you know what, man? Everything I saw out of the dude at the last half of the season and everything I've seen out of him in the preseason, I'm buying Lamar Jackson stock. I think that dude can sling it. I think they can run the ball, and they have got a good defense. Give me some Ravens coming out of the AFC North.
1: You, know, you stole my thunder, man. I picked the Baltimore Ravens as well on this one. I think they're the more complete team. I really like Lamar Jackson as the starting quarterback there because of the dynamic he brings to that team. You know, He's not the perfect passing quarterback, but in this day of the NFL, you don't need that. In fact, your running quarterback is almost a little bit better right now than your passing pocket quarterback is these days. And I think he brings a dynamic element that you have to – plan for both him and their running back in this game because they can both scorch you. And I just really like what uh, Harbaugh has done there. He's had a rough couple of years, but I think he's finally got the team where he needs it to be Um, in this day and age. I really just think Lamar Jackson is the type of quarterback that this team needs. And I think he did really well last year uh, with this squad on a team that really wasn't expected to do a whole lot. But when he came in, he really Gave them something and and pushed them and I think that by having him now as the as the quarterback in this on this team, uh, they're gonna take a step forward and I think that's good for them and really like you said, the, Cleveland uh, nine and seven at best in my opinion at best. Uh, yes, they've got some great players that they've added to that squad, but this is year one and they haven't nothing of no gel right now with that squad. It's just putting things together, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm going with Baltimore here. I just think that they are the team to beat in this division, and it's really not close to me. Yeah, I
0: don't know if I totally agree with you. Like the running quarterbacks, a better thing to have, but it is certainly you're right that it gives the defense something else to have to worry about. And let's not forget, Lamar Jackson has an arm and can use it, and he just gets better and better with it. So we both like Baltimore in the North. Let's go to the AFC South. This is our division. We're both Titans fans, right? So, you know, yay, let's go Tennessee right back into your natural 8-8 eight and eight state because I'm not picking exactly. the Titans. I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry, man, I just can't. <laughs> like, I'm, nope, I'm not ready to do that. Um, you know, man, like, I'm intrigued by Jacksonville because I look at that team and there's absolutely no reason that should be as bad as it is. But kind of like a lot of DC movies, it somehow or another just doesn't work. And I don't know how to fix it. And I don't know if Nick Foles is the answer on offense. Um, Ooh. I don't know what they can do to make it right. They are a sneaky team, and they could get in this thing. But I'm just not ready to buy them yet. So that leaves me with Houston and Indianapolis. And I think you've got two teams with some, I mean, studs all over the field. Houston's got all this offense. They've got you know, J.J. Watt on defense, on Clowney, and all these other guys. And then – Indianapolis has rebuilt their whole offensive line. They got Andrew Luck. And he's a little dinged up right now. So he may miss a week or so. When but isn't he dinged up? I, I know, but you know what though? His arm is fine. They can get the foot right. All right. And moreover, they got good running backs behind him. They got receivers all over the field. They got a good defense. Man, I, I look at it and. Honestly, it's I think it's a it's much like the NFC North. I think Indy and Houston are gonna be some tough teams. They're gonna battle out with each other. But I'm gonna pick Houston to win the AFC South.
1: All right, you know, I'm with you. I really would love to say that I'm gonna pick the Titans to win this, but they I just no, it's not gonna happen. Um so I you laid out perfectly this division in my opinion. I don't think Much of Jacksonville. And let me tell you something Nick Foles is Nick Foles, right? He was in the perfect spot with Philadelphia, and that's all it was. He had the perfect opportunity there. You put him on another team, it's just not going to work as well. So, Jacksonville, you can go sit over here in a corner. You're going to love spending your money on Nick Foles, only to find out he's your average quarterback at best. Good job. I am also picking the Houston Texans here. To me, they're the most complete team. Until Indianapolis proves to me that they have a defense that actually can stop something, which they have not done yet, right? Not since the old days of Bob Sanders, and and that is long past. They haven't stopped anything. And as much as Andrew Luck is a great quarterback and can shoot the ball out like anyone else, you're not going to win enough games to win a division that way. Houston has a good defense. They have an amazing quarterback in Deshaun Watson. They have a great offense young talent and they've gelled from day one to me they're the team to beat in this division for now and probably for the next three to four years so i'm going houston as well
0: no i agree with you dude i I think houston is just such a scary young team (laughs) moving over to the afc east this is gonna be real quick new england's gonna win and it ain't gonna be close
1: Agreed. Move on.
0: Yeah, ain't nothing else in that division I'm interested in at all.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Let's move out to the AFC West because I do think this one could be fun. Uh, I think you know mm. you got Kansas City with all their crazy offense and Pat Mahomes and all of his no look pass stuff, and you know now they got to replace him because they lost Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill will start the season does he finish it? I don't know. That dude's kind of a issue, but when he gets a ball in his hands, he does wild stuff with it. So he's a stud, no doubt. What can they do? Can they repeat that success of the next year? I kind of feel like they might take a little step back the way LA did, you know? And, so what else am I looking at out West, right? In the AFC? Well, it ain't going to be the Raiders. Uh, they, they're going to be a fun <laughs> tire fire to watch, but, uh, I, I think John's not going to get that team together until they move to Vegas next year. And I'm not buying Denver with Joe Flacco and or whoever, Drew Locke, whoever they decide to play at quarterback. I think their defense is now getting old. They've kind of lost their window. I think they're going to have to really reset. I think Vic Fangio is an interesting choice as coach, but I don't know. Where they go from here. So that leaves me with the LA Chargers and old man Rivers, who just keeps putting up stats and putting up stats, and he's got good talent all around him. Now, Melvin Gordon's sitting out, you know, because he wants a better deal. But I think, you know, they've dealt without him before with injuries and stuff. They can still produce a running game, they can still throw the ball all over the field. And man, they got a really good defense. I like the Chargers, dude. Give me some lightning bolts. I'll take the Chargers out west.
1: The Chargers have some major issues right now that are, th- that prevented me from picking them not only to win this division, but also took them out of my wild card running because they have injuries on defense that are crucial to that team. And I just worry that that's going to derail them this season. So to me, I don't think anyone has... Any kind of competition for Kansas City Chiefs, I think they run away with this division again and do the typical Chiefs thing and bow out in the AFC playoffs.
0: <laughs> the typical Chiefs thing or the typical Andy Reid thing?
1: Well, you, you know, he's been there for how many years now?
0: I know, but he did that a lot in Philadelphia, too.
1: So, Oh, no, absolutely.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. So you're buying KC. I'm taking LA. So just to recap real quick. I, we both picked Baltimore out of the North. We both picked Houston out of the South. We both picked New England out of the East, which tells us we both meant what we said that the NFC is much more interesting. <laughs> uh, I went with LA out of the West. You went with Kansas City. So my two wildcard teams. I, it shouldn't be any surprise. I'm picking Indianapolis and Kansas City. I probably in a different order. I think Kansas City would probably be the five, but I like those two teams as the wildcard teams. Pittsburgh could certainly get in there. Maybe Cleveland, but I don't know. No, For me, man,
1: I think it's Indian KC. What about you? Uh Indianapolis Colts is my first wildcard pick. The Chargers were my second, but with the injuries that they piled up in this offs or this preseason already, I took them out and I put Pittsburgh in. I'm going with the Steelers and I'm going with the Colts as my two wildcard teams.
0: All right, so you're going with the Steelers and the Colts as your wild card. So, again, like we did with the NFC, let's hear your AFC picks. Who do you think winds up in the AFC championship?
1: Well, New England is is an easy one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Until old man Brady shows he can't throw anymore, which doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon, when they get to that playoff run, they're pretty much lights out. So I'm going with New England in the championship, and I'm going to pick the Texans.
0: You know what, man? I, I agree with you completely. I think it's Houston and New England and the, we'll see what happens. And I think that could make for a very fun AFC championship game. Should they both make it? I, I'm not going to pick against Brady until I'm given reason to do so. And, and, I, <laughs> you know, and that reason will be he is gone forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't care if Gronk's not coming back yet. And by the way, I'm in the conspiracy theory league that think mm, Gronk's coming back at some point. So, I don't care how thin he looks now. I think he'll swing back into the, the season when it's all said and done. They get some good young talent up, up in New England, too. While Brady's old, everybody else around him is kind of young. So, I think yeah, that's the, the, the thing everybody forgets is that Brady's old, but everybody else is really young on
1: that team. Dude, it doesn't even matter. Brady can throw to anyone, and yeah. he's proved that his whole career. Yeah. I mean, which Super Bowl team has he had the same wide receivers in? I mean, barely any. Uh, his longest – tenured wide receiver has to be uh the little guy right that's it edelman, yeah. nobody else yeah and he's the only one who's actually been there multiple times everyone else kind of shuffled in and out and it didn't matter he just threw to him, made yeah. them look like they were superstars they got their money somewhere else and he moved on to the next guy right
0: right well <laughs> i mean you know really it, how it all went yeah and i mean you know they're gonna have to go young on tight end and all that kind of stuff now but you know what they still got edelman uh, they got Philip Dorsett, they got Braxton Berrios coming back off the injury, and Josh yeah. Gordon's coming back, who, you know what, yeah, I, mean, right. it, I mean, look, I know the dude's had his trouble and stuff, but if anybody gets anything out of troubled players, it's New England, so, <laughs> oh, I,
1: absolutely, you
0: know, yeah, and I mean, I, th- I think when he was there, man, and actually, you look at his best games, where the games Gronk was out, and Brady just lit him up, and he caught everything, scored touchdown. I think they're going to be fun to watch. Look, they got Sony Michelle too at running back, and Damien Harris now two SEC guys I watched for several years. They they loaded in the backfield now, so
1: yeah, yeah. No, so okay. I'm not worried about them at all. No, and as far as Gronk goes, yeah, if he doesn't show up on a WWE show soon or an <laughs> AEW show soon, then yes, he may come back. But I can't believe it hasn't happened yet.
0: I yeah, right. So at some point that that is bound to happen, but he may get one more year out of this. We'll see. We'll see. Well, Brian, thanks for jumping in here on the Gridiron Breakdown, doing a little NFL talk with me. Tell folks how they can follow you and some of your other interests on the internet.
1: I'm also doing my own little thing, um, Brian's Final Records. I have a YouTube channel that I show some of my favorite records that I've gotten, uh, a lot of new additions and things like that, doing things in the vinyl community there. Um, Every once in a while we throw out a podcast on Brian's vinyl records. So if you search for that in your podcast app, you'll find a few shows out there hoping to do a little more of that in the future as well. So that's really how you can find me. So just search for Brian's vinyl records. You'll find me there.
0: Very cool. Well, again, man, thanks for joining me here on the breakdown and we'll catch up around week four and uh, see what's up uh, in the NFL. See how right or wrong we were on all of our, picks.
1: Oh, probably very. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're probably right, but it'll be fun nonetheless, man. Alright, well now it's time to flip over to the college football part of the Gridiron Breakdown, and of course I'm joined by my man Alan. What's going on? Namaste. How are you doing today? Man, doing good. Glad to talk a little college football week zero, because we got two you new know, FBS games this weekend, man, and for once, week zero's got some fun stuff.
2: It does. It's not kind of the you know, Hawaii playing Cal and Australia that's at a weird time or some of the... I think college football did a uh, smart move by adding a couple of, you know, not necessarily marquee games, but games that people will be willing to sit down and watch and, and hopefully you get some good ball this weekend.
0: Yeah, and I mean, on the game you're going to be previewing here in a second, it's ranked teams because the
2: AP polls out. So
0: real quick, any surprises on the AP Top 25 poll heading
2: into the preseason here? I don't. You know, I will say I think Nebraska, it did surprise me. Nebraska is the only team ranked who did not have a winning record last year. Nebraska, if everybody remembers, went four and eight, and somehow they snuck into the top 25. But outside of that, everything kind of held chalk. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are some teams that are ranked, I think, are ranked too high, but they were ranked that same way in the coaches poll. Yeah,
0: you know, Reese Davis likes to say you have to put them somewhere and you can't just say there's no difference between six and 15 on the poll. You got to stick them somewhere. So I get it. It makes sense. I kind of wish army had made the top 25. That'd have been a nice touch. You know, they had a great season last year, but you know, military academies never get their, their due and, and that's how it goes. So that, that's cool. I again, no real surprises for me on the poll as well. Well, man, you ready to get in and talk a little football? I am ready, man, to break down this game. All right, so you are talking about Miami Hurricanes versus Florida in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. Manny Diaz in his first years going up against Dan Mullen. So what
2: do you see as the breakdown for this game? Well, you know, this game, it's intrigued me, and I've kind of waffled back and forth over the past couple of months of this game. You know, first I'm going to start off with the Florida offense. You know, they do key, return some key personnel from last year. Uh, they return Felipe Franks, and they probably return the best group of wide receivers they've had since the Dan Mullen era. Um You know, the one thing that concerns me about the Florida offense is, are we getting the Felipe Franks we saw in the Peach Bowl, or are we getting the Felipe Franks we saw against Kentucky? Uh, yes, I know he showed progression throughout the season, but I'm, I'm still not sold on that. But the key to of Florida's offense, Jay, is going to be this. They lost their two starting tackles to the NFL, and they're replacing four offensive linemen. The Florida offense will do as well as that offensive line can play. Uh, the past couple of years, the passing game hadn't been there. They've been forced to run the ball and play defense, really very in Florida-like. Uh, they've had some success. They've had some failures. It's kind of been up and down. So I, I think uh, the big key to Florida's offense is being able to get the running game going, protect Franks, and, and let Frank show you that that he has, you know, progressed to the next level as a passer. And Dan Mullen's a great, great quarterback's coach. He, you know, Dak Prescott's really probably his biggest success, not to mention, you know, coaching Tebow when he was at Florida. Um, so there's, you know, the, there's plenty of optimism to think that the Franks we saw at the end of the season is the Franks we're going to see going forward. But you and I know, Jay, Teams with poor offensive line play, specifically in the SEC, it usually doesn't end very well for them. You go look at Auburn last year, LSU last year, Alabama in 2010. You know, if you're giving up pressure and not open up running lanes, you're going to have just – you're going to have some long days against some of those defenses fronts you're going to play in conference. Uh, On the flip side of that, I want to talk about the Miami defense for a minute. You know, this was a defense that a few years ago, everybody remembers, you know, the turnover chain and they created, you know, a ridiculous amount of turnovers. They were unable to recreate that last year, and most people thought they would take a step back in the turnover department. Um, You know, Manny Diaz is a defensive guy. Uh, He's been great everywhere he is. He's actually coached with Mullen when Mullen was at state. Um, So, you know, I think Diaz does have an idea what Mullen's going to try to do. And we'll be able to game plan for that. But on the Miami defense, you know, they're starting three defense linemen uh, combined for 49 and a half tackles for a loss last year, Jay. Two of those guys are gone. Only one of them's coming back. Mm. Uh, you know, pro football focus has their havoc rating. And th- those three guys, that line for Miami was actually the highest in the country last year. Uh, you know, as far as their linebackers, they return quarterman and Pinkney. Who who had really great years at front seven last year was able to create a lot of pressure. They just didn't result in the turnovers that, uh, you know, we had seen the year before when they had had a fantastic season. You know, as far as that defensive goes, I think you can expect that Miami defense to take a little bit of a step back. You can't, you're losing a lot up front. And I know they have some, some talented guys who who are slotting in to fill that line, but Miami's going to need their front seven to step up create pressure to really take some pressure off that pass defense who's lost some talent in the NFL over the last two years. You know, this defense is going to have to find a way to be disruptive specifically in this game. They're going to have to attack those two tackles that are brand new off the edge. They're going to create pressure, keep Franks in the pocket, force him to throw up and make, step up and make a throw. You know, that that is Miami's key to the game. You know, if we want to look at the flip side of this as far as the Miami offense, um, you know, last year was awful for Miami's offense. Like, they yeah. couldn't figure out, you know, between Nick Perry and Malik Rozier, they couldn't ever get anything going and getting sustained drives going. You know, this year, though, they're turning to a redshirt freshman and Jaron Williams who is highly recruited and people, people think well of. You know, the question is, how does he step in to a receiving core that wasn't very good, an offensive line that was so-so. And and even going back to that offensive line, Jay, they're a work in progress this year. They lost five of seven guys who started at least five games last year. Those guys are gone. They're having to replace them. Uh, You know, the the one key I would say about this offense is Mark Rick is a good offensive coach. I think he was kind of stuck maybe in the 2000s a little bit and hadn't really... Transition to the way we see offenses today with the RPOs and the read options and, and you know the Just the way teams attack uh, You know danos we saw him at alabama last year and some of the things that he was able to Bring in there co-coordinating With mike Loxley. and he he's definitely going to spread the ball out He's definitely going to find ways to take advantage of you but you know, Miami's going to be starting a true freshman at left tackle who they think the world of. Uh, as far as receivers go, they have the Buffalo grad transfer, KG Osborne, who is an immediate upgrade to that. But is he going to be a true number one? Is he going to be a guy who can help them in the ACC? I'm going to need to see it. He had a really successful career at Buffalo, but, you know, Buffalo hitting Miami, and Miami hitting what Miami used to be, but the <laughs> ACC still has some pretty good teams. Um, you know, the flip side of that, the Florida's defense last year was average. Uh, they were down from maybe what they were the year before, the past few years. Uh, this is year two under Todd Grantham. They return a lot of their, their key players from that defense. Um, you know, my, I think the, the big thing is I think they're not going to give up as many big plays. Those young DBs got torched last year at times, and I, I think they're going to have some maturity to it. But there's one thing that Florida must fix to improve this year as a team. Jay, in the red zone last year, Florida gave up points 91% of the time. Yikes. So they weren't forcing forcing turnovers. They weren't blocking kicks. They weren't really taking care of business. But Florida last year did succeed in some games um, of getting pressure, but that was really their Achilles heel. They weren't able to get enough pressure on third down. So they gave up a lot of medium and long third down conversions. Uh, Todd Grantham seems to think he has that fixed with some of the players coming in. You know, Jay, this this game, to me, it seems like you have two teams that are going to be trying to find their offense with some pretty solid defensive play mix in there. You're going to have two kind of inexperienced offensive lines playing together and gelling. And to me, that just, especially in week one, that sounds like a recipe for a defensive struggle. And while I don't think that an upset is out of the question in this, I think the Gators are going to win. I-, I waffled back and forth. Uh, about a month ago, I would have picked Miami. But as I made my pick today, so I'm going to pick Florida to win the Rock Fight in the Ditch 19-16. to 16.
0: Man, you really do have the low score in there. I can't disagree with anything you've given us there, man. I think it's a defensive game, and... I think Miami's defense is really good, but I think Florida's speed and depth is just going to catch up and they do have enough on offense. I think Frank's is a pretty good quarterback and he'll be enough to get them by in that first game. But I'm glad to see these two teams have like renewed the rivalry though, because they're going to be playing in coming years uh, too, which is good. And it's a good kickoff to the season. We'll definitely be checking that one out on the ESP on Saturday night.
2: Yeah. I know both these teams actually announced today. I think they're, home in '84, 25 you know, in the 80s, this was a huge rivalry. And uh, in the 90s, we kind of lost it with the way conference aligned and people not wanting to have that tough out-of-conference game. But it's good to have this game. And it's a great way to kick off the 150th college football season.
0: Oh, yeah, man. It's going to be fun. And, look, I think you're going to get the exact opposite in the other game of Week Zero when Arizona goes out to Hawaii. Now, this one's on the CBS Sports Network. It's 1030 Eastern, so it's a little late, but I think it's worth staying up for. Arizona's offense is Khalil Tate. You know, who didn't run the ball very much last year, very well at all. But, man, he he turned in a pretty good passing performance. 26 touchdowns, only eight picks, 2,500 yards. And running back J.J. Taylor rushed for 1,400 yards to cover in you know what he wasn't getting on the ground. The thing for Arizona man is they started last year so bad. They started 0 and 2. Everything was going wrong and then they kind of righted the ship, but they still got a lot to fix there. And I, I I think Arizona's offense, you know, the fact that they're looking at this year, they feel like they've got a good offensive line, they've got Tate back, they've got Taylor back. They they want to try to be a little more balanced this year. And going up against Hawaii, that's a good thing because Hawaii's defense, to say it was bad, Allen Is not to really describe it. It was horrible at times. All right. They, you couldn't stop anybody from doing anything. And while there's eh, reason to believe they might be a little better this year, I don't know. But Arizona's offense again is going to be built around Khalil Tate, that line and what they're doing. Hawaii on offense, dude, it's all about Cole McDonald running that run-and-shoot thing. He had 2,800 yards last year, 36 touchdowns, 10 picks, but if you look at like his last four or five games, he really fell off. And I don't know if he got injured or if people just figured him out or what happened, but Hawaii really dropped it at the end of the season, so they got to be more consistent this year. Would you believe that they only averaged a little over a 100 yards rushing a game last year?
2: That sounds like the Hawaii of old with the running shoe.
0: I know, right? Like they had no running game to go. And that's unfortunate because they've got good backs there, but they got receivers like Jojo Ward and Cedric Bird that they like to sling it around and look first home game of the season. I wouldn't expect Hawaii to run the wishbone either. I mean, they're going to come out and load it up and unload the air raid on everybody. Uh, but they're going to have to get a little bit more balance if they want to win this game because Arizona's defense. Well, they were 121st in the past last year, defending it. They only had seven picks all year. There are some teams that had seven picks in like two games, right? (laughs) Or maybe even one game. They did it over the year, so they have got to improve. They feel like they've got all these guys coming back. It's another year of experience. And I look at that one of two ways. Either it's, yeah, those guys all got torched last year, so they got experience. You know, Now they know what to do right, and maybe they'll do what's right. Or maybe they're just bad and they get burnt a lot. You know, like, we'll find out pretty fast because Hawaii's gonna light them up one way or the other. The thing though that, that, um, Hawaii's going to have to do. I think they are going to have to get the run game going just a little bit just to take the pressure off their defense because I don't know if their defense is going to be able to stop Arizona from doing what they want to do. Now, going up against Arizona's defense, I mean, I've already told you, their DBs are bad, but they got a linebacker named Colin Schooler leads the Wildcats on D. they got a good D lineman. They're going to be tough up front. But against the run and shoot, I mean, that can negate any kind of a pass rush because it's quick getting the ball out you know, left and right. Uh, so it's going to be a lot going back. Back and forth here. Dude, I, I, to me, the difference in the game is that I think Hawaii is going to absolutely attack the Wildcats secondary all night. And is probably going to have a lot of success doing it. But I don't know that Hawaii is going to be able to stop Arizona from running the ball. And if Arizona starts running the ball 250, 275 yards, that's going to open up play action passes. And Khalil Tate is going to bomb them with it. I think you're going to get a lot of fireworks. It's going to go back and forth. But in the end, I'm giving the edge to Arizona in this one, like 44 to 35 or something like that. I think we get a boatload of points, but I think the Wildcats are just going to be too much for the Rainbow Warriors.
2: You know, I think your, your assessment is pretty spot on, Jay. I will say this. You did break the Cardinal rule and you were trusting Kevin Sumlin. I, I can't knowingly trust Kevin Sumlin in the <laughs> opener. This may be a better destination, whatever crappy bowl game Arizona goes to. Give me the Rainbow Warriors, fifty-two to forty-nine.
0: Well, I like it, man. I wish I could do it, because I love Nick Rolovich a lot, and I love Hawaii, but just something about this, just I just can't pull the trigger. But you're going with Arizona. I'm picking Hawaii. We both take Florida in the other game. Hey, man, those are our two big games for week zero. When we come back in the breakdown next week, it's week
2: one, and we're going to have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll have a full slate of games. We're still... uh working what games will be out there. We definitely know Auburn and Oregon will be on slate because that is the only matchup of ranked teams uh, next week. Jay, there's a lot of good ball out there, and I look forward to breaking it down next week. Hey, moreover, man,
0: it's football season again. That's what I'm excited about and glad to talk about it again with you. Folks, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Gridiron Breakdown. If you go to anchor.fm slash gridironbreakdown, you'll see where you can subscribe to the show. Please leave us a positive review. Share the show on your social media. That helps other people find the show. We really appreciate the support. And join us on Facebook, too. Search for the Gridiron Breakdown on Facebook. You can like the Group, and you'll see posts about the shows, different things we got coming up, and we may throw polls and stuff out there throughout the season as we get going. So until next time, for Alan, I'm Jay. You've been listening to the Gridiron Breakdown. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Breakdown. The Gridiron Breakdown theme is sports time tonight by Phil Gerard, Reed Hayes, and Scott P. Share. Tune in next week for more analysis and opinion from our hosts.
2: I've not saying much scared out there. I'm saying fear. Now y'all scared to ask another question?